it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Chili Willie ECW, everybody's favorite homeboy, the ghetto superstar, and you are watching and listening to Stu's Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. A warm welcome, it is episode 82 and we have got current Ring of Honor star from the UK, Oxford to be more specific, Mr. Mark Haskins. Mark is a veteran of the UK circuit. He first began wrestling for the fantastic FWA promotion. It was one of my favourites growing up. Loved all their shows. Mark has been training through the pandemic as well. He's really enjoyed that physical and mental challenges for himself that he's put in place. You'll get to hear about that. Talk about him taking on Jay Lethal, Rey Mysterio. He's had so many great matches over the years. His time in progress, when progress was in its early embryonic stages as well. He spoke fondly about the guys there running progress and where it is now to this day. To travel across the world doing what he likes to do with his wife, Vicky Haskins, who he refers to as his best friend. He talks about his experiences at the Ring of Honor G1 Supercar that took place in Madison Square Garden, which WWE had a stronghold that was their venue for many years. It was a sellout, as we got to see in 2019, and he was a part of it, and some great stories about that too. So, without further ado, my guest is Ring of Honor star, UK wrestling royalty in my mind, and many others, Mr. Mark Haskins. Enjoy. My guest today, Ring of Honor superstar. He's actually wrestling royalty in UK terms as well. It is Mr. Mark Haskins. How's it going, Mark? I'm doing great, thanks, mate. How are you? All good. Absolute pleasure to get you on. As I said off camera, I have followed your career from, from the get-go. I remember you coming through at FWA. But uh, in more current news with yourself, I know you signed on with Ring of Honor again in January. 
So how how does it feel to sign on again with Ring of Honor? That'll be my first. Yeah, one. it's great. I figured out the other day. I think I've actually been sat at home longer now than I've been at currently. At, you know, active in Ring of Honor. So um, due to this big pandemic, so um, it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the day that I get to go back stateside and uh, you know, get back to doing what I love to do. But um, you know, this this past year has definitely been needed. I mean, I've been wrestling since. The day that the first day I started training was 17 years ago. So I've been doing this for a long while. And like the most time I've had off in that time was maybe like three or four months. And that only happened twice. Do you know what I mean? So this has been collectively the most amount of time that I've had off from wrestling since I started. And just the difference that it has made just, you know, um, physically and spiritually has been a lot. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice to have a rest and it's been nice to, uh, to test myself in different ways. Like I'm, uh, I'm a guy who loves training and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice to be able to focus on that. And, uh, you know, knowing that I'm going to come back to this game, a completely different animal to what I left. So it's, uh, it's not been time wasted at all, but I'm also looking forward to, uh, to getting back in that ring. It's good to hear a bit of positivity on your end because I know of wrestlers that have really struggled over the course of the last year or so. So it's quite sobering and nice to hear a positive side to it, Mark, on your end. Well, like the thing that I realized early was um, it's it all comes down to your mentality. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you you know they're saying if you think you can or you can't, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways to interpret the things that happen to you, and a lot of the time you can think of it in a negative way, um, or or you can you know choose to look at it from a positive light. Do you know what I mean? Like those who are the people that you know get ahead in life are the people who try to look for the opportunity when there isn't one. Like rather than seeing a problem they see here's a chance to fix something do you know what i mean like nobody's ever got anywhere by you know looking at all the negative things and just getting more and more down and i've been one of those people i've been miserable as hell like a, a ton of times do you know what i mean and um it's just not a mindset that i want to be in. it's something that i want to escape so this past year i've just really put myself to the test just trying different things man like i feel like life is just about um trying things out and seeing what kind of effects they have on you do you know and this this past year has allowed me to do that like um when was it about it was june 2020 that i took on a challenge uh, by a, a guy called david goggins who's a former u.s navy seal and a pull-up world record holder at one point and like ultra marathon runner and his challenge was running four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight and um it it came to like a Friday morning and I'd put it off for a while. And I thought, finally thought to myself, right, I can either wake up Sunday morning and I can either think like, I can either be proud of myself and be like, yeah, I'm a badass because I think anybody who can do that is, is unquestionably badass. Right. So I was like, well, if I think that of them, what would I think of myself if I would have put myself through that? Now I can either wake up Sunday morning and be proud of the effort I've you know put in, or I can wake up Sunday morning and I can, you know, just look at myself and be like, ah, you're such a wimp, man. <laughs> I mean, and I can feel let down. And I was like, well, that, that's at that point, it was clear to me what I had to do. So um, sure enough, I, I went ahead, I did it. And just along the way, you learn so much about yourself. Like I find it is, is this past year has been so sobering and been so intriguing to see how you can change your mindset and how that changes everything else in your life, right? Like towards the end of last year, before we had a, we went into another lockdown, um, 
a friend of mine uh, and I started training at, I think it was 3.30 in the morning, right? In, in, in our gym, we've got a 24 hour gym. So I'd get up at 3 a.m. I'd go and train from 3.30 to 6 a.m. And the one thing I found there is that you do not make excuses at that time in the morning because you have a choice of any excuse you want. I'm tired, I'm too cold, you know, like, and the, the truth is, is that success waits for no one. Do you know what I mean? Like it's either up to you to get in there and hit a new personal best or to really push yourself or to go in there and accomplish whatever goal it is that you have and when you find yourself in that place you get yourself into this mindset where you're unstoppable do you know what i mean like you find yourself um there where you you know like either i picked that weight up today or i'm gonna go home and be upset that i didn't you know hit the target that i wanted to make and then i just realized how that carried over for the rest of the day like you know i became so much more productive um you know i was so much um you know, less uh, grumpy around the house, I guess, even though I was tired. And then I think we had a lockdown, when was it? Around November time. And like, I didn't even end up setting an alarm most mornings and just waking up and feeling like you don't have a purpose is just so deflating. It's just such a, a sucky feeling that like, I hate it. And it, I think it got to the end of the first day and I just had to like put myself under some kind of like horrible challenge like i've been doing um like i I just decided how long would it take me to do a thousand push-ups right and it took me about an hour and i was at the end of it i was like i am so glad i did this because it just completely changed something in here right and this is the thing that i've really realized over the past year is just using all these things as little mechanisms to change how it is that you look at yourself and how you view all situations because everything can offer you a different answer like uh, somebody who i've studied a lot over the past year is a guy called Wim Hof, right? Who's um, a, a breathing expert. He, you know, teaches you in regards to how breathing alone and uh, can change your physiology in your body and how it can be super healthy towards, um, you know, your overall health. Um, and also, what was it? So he's done things like he's, you know, uh, ran uh, marathons in in the desert with no water. Like he's ran um, marathons in, you know, in the Arctic in just a pair of shorts. Do you know what I mean? And um, he he loves uh, cold therapy. So I started. I bought a whiskey barrel from a Scottish distillery, and it's out in my garden, and it's just full of cold water. And I throw ice in there, and I'll climb in there for anywhere between, and it can vary because if it's cold it's horrible <laughs> like back in, uh, back in uh, the deep depths of winter like i had to break the ice to get into it so like the most i got then was maybe like five minutes right like whereas in the summer because it's nice and you're hot anyway you can stay in there for up to 20 minutes at a time but the water's going to be you know the temperature is going to be higher so um but doing little things like that like i realized how you can get almost into this like meditative state and how you can really focus on being able to push yourself through doing things that you don't necessarily want to do but you know that you're going to have the benefit the other end up and it is complete it's been the one thing that has kept me going through this entire pandemic is just focusing on training focusing on doing something different and seeing what the 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 effects of that are like and how that affects me mentally and physically for the rest of the day that's cool man do you know what i'll take away there was a bit of a pause there for me i didn't think you were finished seize <laughs> seize, I could the, talk for days, man. <laughs> seize the seize the day i would say there you know, off the back of what you've just said, and I, I've been guilty of it from a personal standpoint. I've had mental health issues years and years ago, but uh, mm. total, total different mindset now. 
you know, get up, getting up and things like that. I look back on it and think I wasted time. So I take a lot away from that, what, you, what you've just yeah. said. Absolutely. There's been, there's been a lot of times where I've, you know, I've been miserable. I've been a culprit of focusing on the negative rather than focusing on the positive. And it, it gets you nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, you can sit there and you can moan and you can be upset all that you want, but it will never get you anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I feel like I've wasted too much time of my life focusing on negative aspects and especially being a bit older now. I turned 33 this year and, you know, like I said, like I've been in wrestling now for the past 17 years mm -hmm. since I started training, 14 years I've had a career. And, you know, that time has flown by. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a young man's game. Like I'm under like, you know, no illusions that however much longer I have left of my career is also probably going to fly by. So it's really up to me now to really um be able to yeah like you say kind of like seize seize the day seize the opportunity while it's there do you know what i mean and the thing that i think that people don't really realize is a lot of the time happiness is a choice do you know what i mean like if uh if you know somebody cuts you up while you're you say you're out driving right like i'm such a culprit of this of like just getting road rage where i'll be angry and upset but then that that can affect you for the rest of the day and it's like if you lost say like 10 10 cents 10p out of your wallet right you wouldn't go and throw the rest of your money away do you know what i'm saying so why the hell do we do it with our time do you know what i mean like if one little thing upsets you like that can end up you know putting you in a bad place and then people often reflect what it is that you give off so it ends up being this this essentially just this whirlpool where you're just going round and round in circles of uh, you know experiencing the same thing not realizing that you have the power to change that so it's been um it's been a real interesting time just trying to be a lot more conscious of my own actions and just seeing how that affects myself and the people around me and this uh it's something that i'm definitely not gonna you know i definitely do not plan on losing going forward with with the rest of my life that's cool, man. Well, well surmised there. Well surmised, absolutely. Now back to Ring of Honor. Now I've been mm. I've been watching matches back, and you said to me you might remember more better than me. But yeah, silence. Mate, I get dropped in my head for a living, so I don't have many brain <laughs> left. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, well, I'll try and do my best to remember what there was. War, War of the Worlds, UK at the famous Liverpool Olympia. Quite you know, quite the venue here in the UK for boxing, wrestling. I know ROH have come over to Olympia many times. I watched the match with Silas Young, so it was your first match in Ring of Honor. Fantastic. I'm not blowing smoke here, Mark. A bit of, there was a bit of everything. There's a bit of everything in the ring there. Mix, mm -hmm. Mixture of styles. What, what can you remember from that first bout? With Silas. I, remember looking at, uh, I remember looking at Silas and feeling like this is either going to look like uh, me versus my dad or this is like me versus like my future self when everything's gone horribly wrong. Do you know what I mean? Bless him. I like Silas. Bless him. He's, uh, he's great. But um, no, it was great going out there because I, I loved this feeling, right? Like, especially like... Uh, I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe because I'm a bit shorter in stature, like I'm only 5'7", do you know what I mean? Like I'm always considered one of the smaller guys in wrestling because the majority of people, I mean, think of it like this. In America, like six foot one is considered small. Do you know what I mean? So uh, that's, you know, I would, I dream of the day that I'm 6'1", do you know what I'm saying? But, 
But like going into that match, like I just, I was, I had this feeling that just nobody expected anything out of me. And that's the feeling I love because I love seeing the expressions on their faces change when you come back through the, the curtain um, afterwards. And yeah, I, it was just one of these moments where I felt like going into the back, like, you know, nobody really thought much. They were like, oh, this is just some local kid or whatever. Like a few of the guys knew me, but not, not really. And then you come back through the curtain and people are like, well, we did not expect that. Like, damn, okay, well, let's see what you can do do you know what i mean and then from that point on um it started a, a relationship between myself and ring of honor for a few years where um every time they came to the uk i was on the the uk shows and uh i just kept getting bigger and bigger opportunities with them um yeah silas to start with and then um i remember at one point it was uh crystal palace um it was vic came vicky haskins came out with me and um yeah, we ended up uh, wrestling Jay Briscoe, who's considered one of the the you know the main guys in Ring of Honor. And then the next tour, I think I ended up winning the International Cup and then going on to uh, wrestle yeah. Jay Lethal at, at Bethnal Green. Um, so yeah, they, it it definitely felt like they they had some kind of interest in little old me at least. How was it with Jay Lethal? I think that's perfect to segue into. It that. was really, really hot, mate. It was horrible. <laughs> I was like, did nobody put the aircon on in here? Like, yeah. it was boiling. And like, Jay's one of the best in the world. You know what I mean? Sorry. And uh, yeah, so it it was great. And you know, you go out there, and you, you know, we ended up going. I think over half an hour. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's he's an awesome, awesome wrestler. He's a great talent. And um, I think that. Any, Anytime you get an opportunity like that, you step into the ring with somebody who, you know, people know how good they are. That's up to you. Um, if you don't look out of place, then what does that say about you? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can go in there and go toe for toe for somebody who, you know, people consider great, then what does that make you? So it's always an opportunity to go out there and prove yourself. And that time of Jay was no different. That's cool. I think also I've got it. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Lifeblood as well, the faction. I was absolutely made up when you came together. All you guys, Juice, David Finley, Bandido. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing one there. But there I, was probably more. There was a lot of us to start I, with, and then yeah, it just dropped away till it was just little old me. <laughs> I, I was made up with it though. You know when you guys formed. I know it's a couple of years ago now, but yeah. How how has that been part of the faction for you from your great. your um, aspect? Yeah. It was cool. Like we didn't really anticipate it. Like we kind of came together and we were looking at each other like this is the most random group of guys like, you know, that you could imagine. But it was it was it was cool because I felt like we all brought something different to the group. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like uh, we all kind of like, you know, we, we all kind of refer to ourselves. We're like the Avengers. You know, we've all got our own special superpowers. And that's the way that we justified being a group. But um, no, it was great, man. And like, uh, yeah, I miss, you know, Juice and Finley. Like they, uh, yeah, they, they left soon after. But um, they, they were a lot of fun to be around. And uh, it was great being in there with those guys. We had some real chemistry. Um, it, you know, it, I'm gutted that it didn't go on for longer. It's, it was cool, man. I loved it. I loved it. And I think... Before we move on to another topic and come away from Ring of Honor, I want to ask you about the G1 Supercard. Obviously, that was the WWE mainstay venue, MSG. No other companies went in there. It sold out. There's 20,000. That was like WrestleMania weekend as well. But I was more, more so looking forward to that than I was WrestleMania. Yet again, I'm not blowing smoke, Mark, because I knew that show would just be amazing. How was that from your perspective, being at the famous Madison Square Garden? It was great, man. Like it's one of those venues that you say it to anybody and everybody knows who, it, you know, what it is. Um, and 
yeah, it, it, being a wrestling fan from the age of nine, like it was a, a venue that I always wanted to be able to go out in. And uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I, it's, I have this weird thing that happens anytime that I have a big show, right? So um, I just step through the curtain and I just look around and think to myself, wow, there's a lot of people here. All right, on to work. And then, it, you know, you're, you're back in the job. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's one of these weird things where you just kind of look around. And you're like, yeah, I've definitely done smaller shows than this. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you go to the ring and just have to crack on and do what you do. Um, and it was just awesome. It was a great experience. Um, yeah, it was a bucket list moment. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of gutted because my wife came out with me and she was watching in the crowd. And uh, after the match, I was like blowing kisses um, to her. And then like I, she told me later, she was sat in a completely different like part of the <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh no, mate. Oh. I hope I made some lucky fans night. I'm sure you, you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on I'll get on to Vicky a bit bit later because that's amazing you two being able to you know work together working man man and wife but i will get back onto that absolutely i think i think maybe talk about now about the british scene how it how it's changed over the years because it was totally different i know it's cliche people say about it i look at it from a fan perspective you might look at it totally different being a wrestler being a worker how how has it changed from when you first got into to where it is now the uk scene so when I started out, it was, uh, so I did, so I started training in 2003. I was a fan of British wrestling for probably about a year before that, 18 months. Um, and the first show that I went to, um, was an all-star wrestling show at the Wyvern theater in Swindon. Right. And then, uh, the next show I went to after that was, uh, what was it called? Um, revival at, uh, at yeah. crystal palace, right. Yeah. The Tommy Boyd promotion. So, um, it was yeah it was ushering in this it already felt like it was ushering in this new era because i became a fan of the fwa I, you know started to watch their product and see guys like uh you know jody fleisch johnny storm doug williams um i was a huge fan of those guys and i loved going to the shows and um you know seeing them and they were bringing in guys from abroad who you know being a, a you know a hardcore wrestling fan at that time like i was you know i knew about places like ring of honor places like you know um tna that weren't as big as what they ended up becoming and it was great seeing guys like aj styles come in or jerry lynn or you know um christopher daniels all these talents that had big names going on elsewhere and then they came over to the uk and um i did a year of refereeing through 2005 and then my first year of actual wrestling was from 2006 onwards so this was kind of the era of around when 1pw was bringing in crowds so 1p you know 1pw suddenly within the space of like a month like I ended up in this really bizarre opportunity where um, I joined a group of wrestlers called the Chavs, pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> right? And um, on the first night that I was a part of the group, the one of the main guys who had these opportunities lined up for 1PW and that ended up being injured. So I literally walked into this spot where it was like, okay, we need somebody to fill this spot it's going to be you. So I think like my third match was for one PW in front of like 2000 people. Then like my fourth match was in like a steel cage match or something like that for, uh, yeah, the FWA. And then it was just, 
yeah, it, it was it was bizarre. I literally went from like nothing to then like everything in such a short space of time. And it was one of these things where you just have to think on your feet and just try and adapt to the situation uh, as you know and learn as you go. And you know, the, you'll never feel ready for any situation that you're ever faced with. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's up to you. Like acknowledging that is kind of almost a step ahead because you know at least well, hey, I'm gonna do, you know do the best that I can. And you know, having that acknowledgement also helps you adapt and prepare for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Or at least it did in my case. And um, I just, I wanted to do the best I could. So suddenly I end up in dressing rooms with guys like AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn and that. And like, yeah, the guys who had literally been going to shows to watch a few years ago were suddenly like, you know, across the dressing room from me. So I was around guys like Samoa Joe, um, you know, AJ Daniels, um, Kazarian and that. And it, it was this sudden reality check of like, oh, damn, like this is, you know, my reality has changed quickly. You know what I mean? So um, it, it was great. But the, the British scene was very different because it was still wasn't all like that. Like you go somewhere else, like all-star wrestling, right? When in 2006, they could offer you 30 dates in the month of June alone. They were running shows all the time. Like there were points in time where, you know, they, because they had the Butlins gig, um, you know, and then they picked up additional camps on top of that. You could end up wrestling. I think like the most I did was like seven shows in three days, right? So you end up just getting all this experience and like learning and adapting in front of different crowds. And the crowds that go to Butlins are just people on holiday that want some kind of entertainment, you know? So that you have to go out there and perform in a completely different way way than what you do to say like a crowd that you know um i think back in the day one of the the hot crowds that we would go perform in front of was in orpington right so you had to learn how to adapt and how to change also around that time you had uh premier promotions based down in um in Worthing with John Fremantle, which was very conventional British wrestling. So you still had the the uh, the round style, right? And then you had like a lot of the old guys who were still kicking about, guys like Steve Gray, Superstar Mal Sanders, um, you know, Johnny Kidd, uh, you know, so you're in, once again, a completely different environment. And it's, it's definitely helped me learn how, like from all these different people, having the influence of the Americans who came over, from having the influence from the British guys who were on their way out, to have in the influence of being in front of you know the at the time the current british guys who were learning how to perform in a more theatrical style because the majority of venues that they ran were um were theaters and then you're in front of like also crowds as well that are a little bit more diehard wrestling fans that you know want to see those kind of um you know back and forth and i hate the term indie matches but that's kind of how it's been known to be right mm -hmm. so you kind of it's getting all this this um you know different kind of uh, experience along the way whereas nowadays i just don't feel like the really has as much of that at all do you know what i mean like you know nowadays things are a lot more similar and especially in the past year like who even knows what kind of business it is that we're going back to Absolutely. you know it's going to be a completely different business it's going to be um quite a shock to the system i think and uh especially as well now i you know i acknowledge the fact that i'm, I'm one of the older guys in the dressing room like this is a young man's game like i said before like there's going to be a lot more of the the younger guys you know coming through so it's really going to be a very different landscape i feel when uh, uh, when things resume absolutely i think i'm uh, just going back to all-star as well testament to brian dixon all the number of years you know he's been running running the promotion you know and you hear from guys like daniel bryan who've worked from a lot of the americans came over years ago so it's mm. testament a testament to him you know running shows as you say and the frequency of shows and doing that circuit and uh you know, it was insane. Like, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, it was very, very different to what it ended up being now. And it was, um, yeah, you 
you could literally just get picked up for work. Like, you know, you might give him a call towards the end of the week and say, have you got anything this weekend? And then suddenly you're on a run of shows for like the next week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of the way that things were. Whereas like, I don't know of any promotions at the moment where like you really have that. Um, you know, and the thing as well, though, like even though you could make money back in those days, it wasn't exactly like, you know, a lot of money that you could get by on. Do you know what I mean? And um, it was great if you were, you know, young and single or what have you, because you had like, you know, very few uh, commitments. Whereas now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a parent, I'm a married man, like, you know, I've you know, got a house, I've got pets, you know, I've got to you know, take care of. So um, I'm in a very different position now. But yeah, I remember hearing of like, you know, uh, so butlins for example is just completely theatrical they want to boo the bad guy they want to cheer the good guy right it's like it was like going back in time to the early 90s where you had like the uh the cartoony kind of era of of wrestling right and you you just see these matches that you just felt like they were just like a waste of the match right there was a match where it was like Doug Williams and Daniel Bryan versus Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. And in front of any other audience, you'd think that would be an insane match, right? That would be incredible. And instead, you're just seeing like Daniel Bryan, like, you know, storm around and everyone's chanting chicken at him, right? And you're just like, ah, oh, this is such a waste <laughs> of what can be in a phenomenal match. Not to say that it wasn't good, but it was just yeah. like one of those ones where you're like, ah, oh, this could have been so different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was but um, environment. They were in that day, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. But then, you know, times change. And the thing, so within the past, I think from like 2015 up until 2019, wrestling changed again in this country where you could pick up, you know, midweek work and it would be a lot different, but it was like wrestling a different style. Do you know what I mean? And guys could make a better income from it because then they had, you know, the addition of merchandise sales and such. And also the with the addition of social media, it allowed people to reach out to a new audience that otherwise people People wouldn't have been able to have uh, been able to reach out to i think previously so this i mean everything's temporary everything evolves and you know it's going to be interesting to see where the wrestling business goes within the next five to ten years absolutely absolutely 100 percent. i think i'd like to speak to you about pwg the battle of los angeles 2016 i know we're going back a bit i know you've hit your head many times but just some, <laughs> some memories from that because that was like that that's got a staunch fan base you know we we got the tapes years ago and, and the coverage over here but how how was that for you Where it was you great man it's, uh, i i love california like um yeah i'm a i'm a huge fan of bodybuilding so uh it was when i got out there and uh i the first thing i think i did was i went to gold's gym in uh in yeah venice and i went to muscle beach and i was like i just had to go to these places and i just had to train and it was like i don't know it was I felt kind of bad because the shows almost became like secondary to me. Cause I was like, Oh, gold's gym's here. I'm going, Do you know what I mean? Um, but and it, it was great. Like, you know, um, yeah. Uh, the traffic out there is horrendous. I remember that much like, you know, going to the show, it would take you an hour and a half. And then, cause you're going at sort of rush hour and then on your way back, it would take 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're like, what happened? Yeah. You know? But um, I mean, it's, it's so bizarre because, and this is why I love PWG because you walk into this venue and in your head, you've built it up and you're like, right, it's PWG. Do you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, the company that you know really got guys places and, you know, has like such a buzz to it. You walk into this venue and you're like, this is it. And you're like, there's just such a crappy rundown like hall. Right. And you go into this dressing room that's about the size of a broom closet. Right. And you look around and there's some of the 
best wrestlers in the entire world all crammed into this little space trying to get dressed and what have you. And you're like, what is going on? It's like just the most bizarre concept. And then you get the fans in and then they put on this incredible show. And then like you come back and once again, you're just in this little space and you're like, wow, like, you know, you, when you build it up in your head, you're like, oh, they're going to have like decked out dress rooms. And like, you know, it's going to be amazing. And it's not, it's just, you know, like the crappiest little hole. And that's why I loved it. Like the air conditioning, I think was broke. Um, or at least it definitely didn't work to the extent that you wanted it to. You're in California, so it's boiling hot. Do you know what I mean? Like you get out there and you're like, you know, the second you walk through the curtain, you're already sweating and out of breath. And you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to put in a real shift here. Do you know what I mean? Because you got like 20 minutes or however long to get through. But it was an awesome experience. And I'm really grateful that I got to do it before they, uh, they closed the Legion Hall down and uh, moved elsewhere. But it was, it was great, man. It was, yeah, it was real great. How, how many people did they get in that venue, Marks? You know? It, uh, I'm terrible at math, but I would guess anywhere between four to 500. Um, but, I mean, with all that body heat in there, it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it's a lot. But then this is the madness thing. Like, I remember, like, going outside into the, the car park afterwards to cool down. I, like, you know, I look around. I'm like, oh, there's Ronda Rousey. Okay. And so, like, I go over. I'm like, and I heard that she didn't like to having her, like, you know, photo taken with anyone. And I was like, I'm getting a photo with Ronda Rousey. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I go up to her. I'm like, oh, hey, photo. Yay. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Before, like, you know, she would flying armbar me or something. And, uh, yeah so i got my picture with ronda rousey just so i could show everyone that um that um that she met me and uh then years later she ended up using one of my moves at wrestlemania so i was like oh wow so she came to the show she was lovely allow me to get a photo because she was stealing my stuff <laughs> great full circle that mark <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely i was there at uh, wrestlemania 31 with her her and rock when rock got her out the crowd Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my days. It's like Stephanie and Triple H. Just absolutely mind-boggling. Like, you had all their matches and quality matches, but that moment, oh, my days. Not to not to think further down the road she'd be employed by them. It was, mm. I thought it was just a one-off. Yeah, it's a funny old world, eh? Just incredible, incredible. I think, perfect now, going back into the UK, you've worked with Progress for many years Progress has done so much for the UK scene. Just some memories at Progress over over the years you've worked there, because I'm, I'm a big fan of Progress. So I remember getting an email in 2012, I think it was, and this was around a time where nobody ran London because we, everybody thought, like, ah, London's a dead market. Like, you know, nobody's going to put on wrestling shows there. And they, uh, it was just uh, uh, John and Jim at the time, and they dropped me an email and said, uh, we were going to run a show in London. Would you like to be involved? I don't even think I replied to it. I was just like, ha, good luck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then from the first show, I remember, remember hearing, like, that it, it did really well. And it just seemed to have this buzz about it. It. I was like, oh damn! Like I've never been so glad to be proven wrong in my life. Do you know what I mean? And uh, the first time that I, uh, you know, got brought in and met them, like I, I told them the story. I was like, you know, like fair play to you guys. You guys have managed to to make it happen, and uh, th- I think they always appreciated that. So um, 
Yeah, it, it was great. And it was great to see it go from strength to strength. You know, it went from being in front of um, what the garage in front of maybe like three, five, four hundred people. Then it ended up being in the ballroom where they were drawing, you know, say like six, seven hundred people month to month. And it just continued to grow and to grow and to grow. And it was I feel like it was a testament to everybody involved at the time, because when I refer to progress, I'm not just referring to the people who run it. It's also the talent that were there at the time. And, you know, there were some insane matches and just a lot of guys who were all getting hot around the same time and really building their stock up. Do you know what I mean? And it was, yeah, it was just awesome to see that this small time British company make big waves in, in the wrestling world. You know, no other British company has had the success that they have had, you know, running places like Wembley SSE arena, you know, running tours in, in North America being, you know, part of tours out in, uh, in uh, Canada. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this was something that, especially coming in around the time that I did to the business, this was something that like you never would have contemplated could have happened and like it ended up happening and that was yeah it was just nice to see hard work pay off in the right way and you know be able to think that yeah there is something over here for you know young wrestlers coming up to to go into do you know what i mean like it was an exciting time to see okay like you know it, it makes you start reevaluating. like well what is possible do you know what i mean like let's start really dreaming big and thinking where can we take this so it was uh it was just the right people at the right time coming together and making something happen I love uh, Jim Smallman doing the MC in at the start. You know, he ramps up the crowd. I, as much as I like watching the matches and stuff like that, I loved all that, like when he was doing his compare bit, then he does the ring announcing. But, uh, you know, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, you know, just something a bit different at the start of the show before you guys That's go out sure. there. And I think, like, that's the thing is, like, people don't think outside the box. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially with... Uh, the the type of venues that they would run would always be punk rock venues right mm -hmm. so like if you send a guy in a suit out there like you're almost alienating him from the crowd because it's so very different to what anybody going to that place will you know anticipate because you know the the venue does matter do you know what i mean like the type of venue that you run will dictate what kind of crowd you draw if you run a show in a theater people are going to expect boo yay because they're at a theater you know you know you go to the theater not to see the best piece of like acting per se but you know a lot of almost like pantomimes where you go and you like you know you want to cheer the goody boo the baddie do you know what i'm saying whereas like if you run a punk rock venue you're going to get people punk rockers turn up you don't get families turn up at like the the electric ballroom do you know what i'm saying like it's people with like minds um like-minded people who go there who you know want to see that so if you have somebody go out there who's um you know who looks like them you know baseball cap on or whatever you know like just a t-shirt jeans goes out there has a chat with his mates like he made you feel like he was like he wasn't just a ring announcer he was a host do you know what i mean but he always made you feel like he was your mate do you know what i'm saying like he'd just sit and he'd talk to you and he'd have a chit chat and then he'd be like all right well let's all enjoy some wrestling together and then like you know out would come the wicked match that would happen he'd be like oh that would be good you know like crack on make a few jokes like he i really feel that like pro i feel i you know i don't know this for sure but like i feel like progress is going to struggle not having jim there as much because mm -hmm. I feel like he really added something to those shows that um, people don't really anticipate. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, and it's, you can always tell when somebody's doing something right because you'll get so many imitations. So turning up to different shows throughout the country and seeing people think, well, I've got to be like that now, but not taking mm -hmm. into context that, you know, you can't, you know, 
dress like Jim Smallman and try and be like Jim Smallman and then think that you're going to be seen anything other than a Jim Smallman wannabe. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, uh, it's, it's being the right person and being the right character in front of the right crowd that is going to help transcend what it is that you do. And I feel that like Jim just smashed it on the head. He smashed the nail on the head and uh, yeah, I I'm going to miss not seeing him, um, you know, be doing that as, as much as he was. I'd love to go to, I've, I've been to the Manchester Ritz. I know Progress run that. That's probably the closest show they run to here because I'm on the North Wales coast. But mm. um, if they do run the Ritz again, I'm going to get tickets because I've been to gigs. I've been to gigs there over the years. Great venue, old, oldie worldy. Uh, but when I've seen shows from the Ritz, just, you know, raucous. So uh, yeah, I mm. need to, I need to catch Progress in person. Absolutely. Be interesting You've to never see been to a progress show? No, but I've done <laughs> Mark. What have you been doing? Oh, Mark, I go over the I go over the states and watch it more than I crazy, crazy. If you you know, that's that's me in a nutshell. But um, yeah, you know, I I uh, I have been to TNT in Liverpool. I'm quite friendly with a few of the guys who run that. So uh yeah, yeah. I, I do. I need to get to a progress show. Terrible, absolutely awful, woeful. And you have missed out on like some awesome I know. shows. It's all well and good. It's all well and good watching it on demand afterwards. I know that like, you've got to be in. You've got to be it's in that environment. It's not the same. No, mate. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm with you 100% on that. I think I'm going to talk to you now. There's a match. I think it must have been 2018. It just like jogged my memory as we've been talking. You mm-hmm. face Rey Mysterio. I know five-star wrestling kind of just went... And Mr. Hinkles, there was a lot of bad press and what have you. But you fought Rey Mysterio on the card. He put together some good cards, but I think he was just a bit unrealistic booking and promoting and stuff like that. But oh, but they were a fun few weeks, though. They were, uh, <laughs> I, they were, they were great. In, I tuned in on Free Sports, I think it was, or Premier Sports. I used to watch him. And the, the miss is like, what are you watching? Another promotion? I was like, yeah, five star. He's doing all the arenas. But yeah, sorry. Sorry, Mark. No, I I love Five Star Man. Like it was it was great. Like the yeah. It's I don't know, like I feel like maybe it like when things get too professional and too kind of like stuck in your way a bit, is like, you know, it's it's fun when things are, you know, when you're throwing a curveball every once in a while and uh like five star was was that, you know what I mean? Like it was I really enjoyed their shows. Like I remember the first show I, I did for them, we were a I was part of a, I think it was like a five-man or six-man elimination match, right? I remember it. I remember and it well, mate. Originally, we were set for like maybe half an hour, 45 minutes is how long we had to go. And then about like 10 minutes before the show started, we got moved to one first and we had to cut the match down to 12 minutes, right? So... Yeah, it was fun. Like, I, I love these challenges. It's like, okay, this is a challenge now. Like, I haven't been faced with this before. Like, yeah, like, I get excited. Once again, it's looking for that opportunity, right? Like, and trying to see it as like, I'm not going to get stressed out here. Like, a match is going to happen. It might be good. It might not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But either way, something that hopefully resembles wrestling will occur. So, um, yeah, it was it was great. Like, I, you know, I, I'm sure not everybody shares my optimism in regards to the curveballs that they get they got thrown. But it was... It was a lot of fun. Like I remember, um, and you know what? I I know there was a lot of bad press in regards to to Dan and that, and I I appreciate that he really tried. And you know he um, you know I remember like after the first week he doubled my wage without me asking, and I was like, wow, like I I appreciate this man, but like 
are you sure? Like I've never had a, yeah. a promoter like willing me, willingly pay me more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, yeah. this isn't going to last. Like, you know, but it was, it was fun while it did. It was, um, yeah, I, I'm gutted that it, it fell short when it, when it happened, because I felt like it was once again, if you had the right people in control of it, or just even people helping out, I feel like it could have gone a lot further than what it did, but it gave me the chance to wrestle guys like Rey Mysterio, like you said. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun match. And, um, yeah, going out to the ring with Ray, uh, you know, he was somebody who I grew up watching and, um, yeah, it, it was great being in the ring with him. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's a great dude. It's mad how he like, just you know, he's little. He's had to change his style over the years. I know he's had bad injuries and things like. That. Just the incredible, the longevity. You'd be surprised, though. You'd be surprised. Like, still, who's done it all, right? Yeah. And like, still, we get to the ring, and he still wants to do all his stuff. Like, yeah. he still wanted to like do crazy stuff that I've like. You know, I've seen younger people be like, "Well, I'm getting on a bit. I can't do that anymore." <laughs> and Ray Mysterio doing like wheelbarrow springboard, like hurricanrana yeah. arm drags, whatever the hell. And you're like damn man like that's that's where i want to be like at, at that point in my career do you know what i mean like in the sense of like just having that mindset that like no matter what age you get to you're still gonna do the best that you can do you know what i mean and that was something i felt like i took away from ray was like you know he was you know lovely dude you know he you know he knew how to conduct business do you know what i mean and uh you know um I felt like, you know, he was, he was still somebody who, like, I remember we got to the back afterwards and he was like, man, you could have laid it in a bit more. Like, I like that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, go ahead. And I was like, really? Like everybody else has been moaning for weeks of like, oh, skins, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, you're, you're a bit solid. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not stiff. Do you know what I mean? And Ray's like, no, nah, man, bring it, bring it. Give me your best. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I will. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool being in the ring with him, man. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was a real great experience. I can only imagine that I've watched him since just obviously didn't see him in ECW, but then WCW and all that. And like, you know, I, I know, I know it's cliche again. The matches don't date. The matches don't date. You can watch them matches from like 96, 97. And they yeah. still hold, they'll, they'll hold it. They'll hold it forever and ever. Fam, Dude, fam, that, fam that perspective. fire is still burning in Ray, man. That fire it's, is still there. Like cool. it's not gone out at all. It's cool seeing him and Dominic together now as well. You know, uh, tagging yeah. as well. That, that's I, I think that that must be the you know the ultimate for them to being able to to work together and tag together. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in the long run with that. But yeah, cool, cool hearing about that, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to ask now, what would be a dream match for you to have? Because I know you've wrestled thousands and thousands of matches and you've wrestled some of the best. What's a match you haven't had that you'd love to sink your teeth into? And would be a challenge as you like a challenge. So I had one dream match and unfortunately it'll never happen. And that was Eddie Guerrero, right? Because uh, when I mentioned earlier that I went to a, a British revival in 2002, I think it was, and he was there. And, um, you know, um, a, a friend of mine that I'd met through, um, we went to school together. Like, you know, he'd got basically got tickets to it and he was like, do you want to come? Like, there's going to be Eddie Guerrero and there's going to be Grandmaster Sexay, right? And they did this meet and greet before the show, which we got to go to. And, um, like I was queuing around the ring to meet Eddie. And um, I remember I had these two action figures, right? Like the um, both of Eddie. And like, as I walked up to him, I didn't know what to expect. I thought like, he's probably going to be like a real arrogant, you know, like SOB or whatever. And he just looks at me and he goes, Hey, this nerd looks familiar looking at the action figures. And I'm like, Oh, and like I hand them to him and you just felt like when everybody says who's met him, like you just felt this warmth, like they were not lying. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just, I remember him being one of the nicest guys like that I ever met. And from that point on, I was like, 
damn like he left a, 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 like a, an imprint on me in the sense of like i felt like yeah like you never want to meet your hero and your hero to be a dick right do you know what i mean so i was like yeah like anybody that ever you know wants to meet me or like you know takes the time to go out of their way to you know come and get an autograph or whatever i'm always gonna you know greet them with with a smile and i'm always gonna be like you know the the nicest guy that like i can be because they're the people at the end of the day without their support we have nothing do you know what i mean and i i hate seeing people who get too big of their boots and think like that they're too big for whatever and it's like like what are you doing man do you know what i mean like it you know like appreciate the people who support you because without them there is nothing right you have got nothing you're out of the job so um I remember just, yeah, Eddie being just one of the nicest guys. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, man, if I ever got to wrestle, like he'd be the guy that I'd want to wrestle because he was the guy that I met as a fan. So it would be nice to come full circle and be able to, you know, wrestle him as a performer. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, unfortunately, that'll never happen. But um, yeah, I I'd like to think that at least I took something on board from the, the brief time that I you know, met him and that. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely carry on doing that for the rest of my days. How about a current talent, <laughs> if you can, if you can pick one, if you can. I know that's quite that's putting you on the spot there because I'm sure. I don't know, man. I've I've wrestled almost everybody yeah. that I've wrestled. You know, yeah. I'd like to see some. In a strange way, I guess I'd like to see some uh, new talent coming through with that fire, like that fire in their eyes. This is the thing, right? Is like I feel that, especially in recent generations, like, and I don't want to sound like that old guy now, but like, there's. I feel like some of that fire and that aspiration is kind of gone. Do you know what I mean? Like you, like when I started out, um, I feel so old saying this, like back in my day, do you know what I mean? But like when I started, so I was training in the gym, say four or five mornings a week. Right. So I'd get up at round seven. I'd go to the gym, train from eight till nine. I'd go and work in a dead end job from 10 till five. I'd then go and train in a ring from three till nine in the evenings. That happens, say uh, three till nine, twice a week. And then from like, say, I'm not free tonight. What am I talking about? Six till nine, uh, twice a week. And then from six to eight, once a week. And then at weekends, I'd be out at shows. And if I wasn't on the show itself, I'd be there and I'd be helping out and I'd be putting up the ring. I'd be, you know, doing anything that they needed help with. I'd be driving people to and from the shows because I knew that if somebody didn't show up to the show, you've got more of a chance of getting involved if you're already in through the door than if you're, you know, sat at home, like, you know, a couple of hours away so i do everything that i possibly could to try and make it as a wrestler right like there was i did not have a social life from the age of 18 to 23 right like i was just so head down in the business and i'm not saying that it has to be that way i'm not saying that everybody has to do that but if you gave me the green light and told me to go out there and you know and wrestle like i would go and i would you know i would find whoever it was that it was in the dressing room and i would ask them like hey do you mind watching my match and like you know giving me some feedback and like i, I still do that to this day do you know what i mean like i was on a, a show a few years ago with uh, shinsuke nakamura before he went to the fed and i was like hey uh you know what other opportunity am i going to get for him i've never been in a dressing room with him before like you know he's one of the best in the world if anybody can tell me how to be better it's him so like i went and spoke to him and sure enough he he watched my match and uh you know like he i think he was on directly after me and he ended up taking a knock in the match so i wasn't even gonna talk to him because i was like you know he's he's kind of dazed like i don't want to be that yeah. guy <laughs> you know what i mean like he's got more important stuff to worry about right now but like sure enough he like he came and found me and was like oh like i think i remember some of your match like here let me give you some feedback and um you know 
I appreciated that. And like, that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people don't like to do anymore is that they don't, I feel like it's almost like they feel like they look weak by asking for feedback or feeding, asking for advice or even like asking, Hey, do you mind watching this and give me some, you know, some opinions? Do you know what I mean? Like in it, I don't know what it is. I feel like people almost expect this to come to you by, by, you know, doing the bare minimum because for some reason, like people seem to think that it's cool to not care. Right. Like, I care. The only reason why I've got anywhere is because I care. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's been a ton of people who have come through the, the doors of training centers and that, that were way more talented than I was. Do you know what I mean? That like, you know, had natural gifts. They had a, they, you know, had wicked physiques. They could, you know, jump ridiculously high, way more athletic. And the only reason why I'm still here is because I had a, a grit and determination that I was not going to let this game defeat me. Right. And that like, I was going to do everything that I could possibly do to be the very best that I could. And I feel that too often, like, I don't see that same kind of like hopes and aspirations in a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Like people almost kind of just expect it to come to you. And that's not from my own personal experience. That's not how it happens. Like if you want this, you have to work your absolute ass off to be able to get it. Like how many wrestlers are there in the current climate of things? Do you know what I mean? Like how many wrestlers are there in the entire world? You are fighting for spots against everybody do you know what i mean and if somebody's gonna take an opportunity on anybody and they've got a talent pool of like okay let's give one of these kids a shot like you've got how many other people do you have to compete with do you know what i'm saying like this is competition like this is you know it's not competition in the sense of what you do out in front of the audience isn't like, like an actual sporting competition but you are competing with everybody for the opportunities that you get and i just feel like yeah that there's not necessarily that kind of fire in a lot of people to who go out there and really actively try to push themselves and really try to you know do the best that they can to make the biggest splash that they can but look nobody ever got anywhere in this business by half asking it do you know what i mean like everybody who's been anywhere or anybody who's been anything has gone out there and worked their absolute behind off to to get to the spot that they're in so the real opportunity is for those who um you know, who, who want to be the next people. Like, like I said, everything is temporary. The time will pass regardless. The next five years, you could either be in a way better position than what you're currently in, or you could be in the same position that you're in either way. Like it's your choice, which you do. Do you know what I'm saying? So like get out there. And if you do want to do something better, if you do want to be somewhere else, if you do want to be on the next level up, then make it happen. Do you know what I mean? Like that is literally it is just go out there and apply yourself the best that you can, you know, like, and I feel that just maybe that mindset isn't a felt by everybody, but it's definitely a mindset that is either going to cost you or it's going to make you. So choose which one you want it to be and then just do it. I think just going back for that, I was going to ask you about tips for young guys, but you've just encompassed it there. That was going to be one of my questions. But also, I think that you say, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura backstage and, and etiquette. But then I hear of people who I've interviewed over the last two and a half years, guys, you know, in the business, people don't ask the questions to people, to, you know, to guys that have been in the business for years. That was something I took away from that. Go and... Yeah. Go and speak it's, to it's the guys. Surprising. It's surprising, right? Like if you had one of the best wrestlers in the world in the same dressing room as you, like it's, that doesn't happen all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I've, I've shared a locker room with Nakamura maybe once or twice. It was over one weekend and we had, I think, two shows. Do you know what I mean? So you're never potentially, you're potentially never going to get that opportunity again. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's considered one of the best in the world, why wouldn't you ask his advice? Do you know what I mean? Like if that's where you want to be, 
then why wouldn't you ask for advice? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, just never think that you're too good for something. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, always be humble and always know that there is something else that you could learn. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, speak to people. Do you know what I mean? Like go and, you know, find out like, okay, so if you're in a position that I want, how did you get there? Like, what did you have to do to get there? Like, I want to know because I want to be able to, to put the rungs in the ladder to be able to climb it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, you know, figure that out. Like, don't think that like, you know, just miraculously one day you're going to wake up and everything's going to be great because waiting has never got me anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, and going out there and actively pursuing things like, you know, um, and if I was to give advice to, to, to young wrestlers is just, you know, keep your mouth shut and your eyes and your ears open. That what that means is, you know, talk less and try to understand more, like listen to people like, you know, why is it that somebody is great? Like go and learn from that person. If you had say Bill Gates or Warren Buffet, right? Like, you know, if they ha were going to give you talk to you about money, why wouldn't you go and listen to them? Do you know what I mean? Like they're people who have like huge wealth. It's the same with wrestling. If somebody is one of the best wrestlers in the world, why wouldn't you ask for their opinion? Hey, can you give me some feedback? Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What is it that got you to where you are? Do you know what I mean? Like they are the people who know. Do you know? So like it's it's bizarre that people don't take those opportunities much more and you know try to find out like um you know um what it is that, that, that it takes to get to those spots. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the, the greats know how they got there and that's what makes them great. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, go and go and speak to these people. Like uh, the, the worst thing that can happen is when you ask somebody for advice and they've got nothing for you. And that's such a deflating experience. I remember I was, uh, uh, Kurt Angle told me he watched one of my matches once and I was like, do you have any advice? And he's like, nah, and I'm like, no, like, <laughs> nothing. like I can yeah. pick out on myself. Like, okay, this, yeah. I think I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I did that yeah. wrong. Like never let that, like never think that you're too good for anything because that's the moment that you're, you're going to find there's going to be like that, that break in your armor. Do you know what I mean? Like if you think that you can't learn anything more, like the game's over for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, always be adapting, always be thinking, okay, what can I do differently the next time that, you know, you do something and don't be afraid to try things out as well do you know what i mean like for the most part like you know people don't pay as much attention to wrestling as what we think they do so like you know like you can go out there and try something differently all the time like take something and think okay if these are the three things that i want to establish you know how can i do them differently what does it you know play around with it play around with the formula don't be afraid to to change and adapt do you know what i mean like you know take the the basics and take you know things that like the the veterans would say like okay well you know we did this this way, but then try and adapt that to like a new age way of thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like the, it works for some reason, like standard human psychology hasn't changed that much in the past hundred years. Do you know what I'm saying? So like you can go out there and find how certain things work for you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always about trial and error and seeing, you know, applying something, seeing if it works, um, seeing how you could do it differently, seeing if that works and then really knowing, you know, really understanding what it is that you do best and how you can apply yourself in different ways. Um, but yeah, my, my basic advice would just be just never stop learning and just always keep trying to learn that next thing that you can add to your you know, add to your, your repertoire. Do you know what I mean? Like I did two years of, uh, I went and studied performing arts for two years. I got out of school. I did two years of performing arts college because there's a theatrical side to wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, you know, I've always from the age of 15, I've worked out 
every week like every you know not every day but every week like because i know that this is physical you know what i mean like i've always worked on my cardio like you know I've, I've been for runs like even lately like i'll go for runs in the middle of the night like i'll run through forests near my house because i want to confront fear and i want to like not let it overrule me and it's understanding all these little things that you can do like you can always be better you can always be better than you were yesterday. And if you're not trying to be better than you were yesterday, then you're going to stay in the same place and you're not going to be anywhere like different today or in five years time. Like always be learning how to adapt yourself in a different way. A few years ago, I got a qualification to become a personal trainer because inevitably I want to start my own training school at some point and I want to be able to train people, but I want to be able to do it in a way where nobody else has done it in this country before because there is a lack of understanding in regards to how you you can apply sports science to wrestling right what we do is very physical no it is not necessarily a competition but what your body goes through is still a lot to endure so you need to understand how you can apply yourself in certain ways like understanding you know injuries how you can deal with them you know understanding what's going to help you in, in certain regards what exercises are going to help your muscles become conditioned to a certain movement and like you know understanding like where sports science is now is so far beyond what you know what we would have contemplated five, 10 years ago. I watched a documentary the other day where uh, I think it was one of the, the Generation Iron movies, right? Where they, mm -hmm. they show these people in a lab in America where they're like, we can figure out where there's going to be an injury on this person's body just by watching them squat. Because, you know, the, the knee might bend this way. That's going to lead to this potentially tearing, this, you know, being an issue. You're then going to overcompensate for it with the muscles on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's so far advanced and so far along now. I feel like, you know, if you would be able to apply that to wrestling like you would create just a such a different level of performer but it all starts from in here it all starts from having that burning desire of wanting to be the best that you can and applying yourself to to your absolute until you reach your full potential perfectly perfectly surmised again mark like life lessons there not just in i mean coming away from wrestling as well no no well i'm sure the listeners and viewers of this episode take so much away from that i think coming to the end now now, guys on the road away from their families, you hear about it all the time, but you've been on the road with your wife, Vicky, for many years. How, how has that been for you, you two being together on the road? Because, you know, you don't hear about it. You don't hear about that. It doesn't happen, but you've had that where you've both been on the road together. So yeah, how's that been over the it's years? It's been great. Um, yeah, I mean, she's my best friend. So, you know, if I, if I, could, if I have a day off, I like the, if I think to myself, okay, well, where would I want to be in the world? It's with her. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and yeah, that has cost me greatly before. Like I remember, so around the time of the Madison square garden show the week before we were in Baltimore. Right. Um, so I flew home. I think I flew home the Monday night, got back Tuesday around midday and then had to fly out Thursday morning for the Madison square garden show. So I literally came home for a day and a half and I was like, well, look, I want to have dinner with my kids. I want to have dinner with my wife. Like I want to, you know, be here with you guys. Otherwise, you know, um, you know, I'd be miserable sat in a, a hotel room somewhere halfway across the world. And, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of times, like, it's not always easy. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember being in Canada at one point and, um, my kids were a bit younger and they miss me because I've been away for a few days. And, you know, like seeing your kids cry because they miss daddy and not being able to give them a hug is like a really sucky feeling. It just, it's, it's horrible. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it really hits you. And like, you know, you, you, 
you kind of feel guilty because while you've obviously got this wicked opportunity and something that I try to do a lot more, and especially in recent years was, you know, you might fly out to say, like I've been to Italy a ton of times, right? I have no idea what Italy looks like other than the inside of a venue and the inside of a hotel and an airport. And that's about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so uh, a few years, like in the past few years, I've definitely tried to make more time to actually stay an extra day or something just to go out and experience, um, you know, the, the area more and uh yeah like you know that can that can put a strain on on the the rest of things the relationships that you have with your kids and your your family back home but you know it's been great that vic and i have been able to travel together and um we've we've got to do a, a lot of you know we've had a great time like it, it's nice to have time where it's just her and i because while having the kids is incredible and being a parent is is awesome you know you um it you know it can just be draining like in the sense of like there is no relaxation time whatsoever right like when you have kids like you are constantly like on you know trying to stop one of them from you know doing something or you know trying to sort out whatever it is that they're bickering about and what have you and uh either that or just getting told repeatedly like daddy i think you need some uh we were gonna get you some uh some what was it like some fragrance oh why is that lily because your breath smells like oh my breath stinks and she'd be like yeah you, you know the kids are brutal like they're just you know um they're, they they keep you on your toes but like you know having that time where it could be just say vic and i and like you know we've got times where we've been you know, hung out in places like new orleans or out like we've hung out in vegas or you know getting to be in in new york at the time of her birthday you know it was that's op awesome opportunities and you know do it while you can because you're only young once do you know what i'm saying so um you know get out there and just explore do you know what i mean like it's uh yeah take take those opportunities while you can because there's no doubt in my mind that the and i've been told this by you know a lot of people from the older generations is like the times come where like that's no longer possible so you know just just make the most out of life while while it's there and you know just you know, get out and enjoy yourself. Don't be afraid to go on an adventure and get out and explore. So, um, yeah, the past few years have been great. We've been able to travel together. We've been able to, you know, we both love wrestling. Like, so it's, you know, been awesome that we've been able to, to live this dream together. And it's, it's, like I said, it's been a dream. It's incredible. I'm glad I've asked you that. I wanted to know about that. And I've heard, I've heard great things about the two of you, at meet and greets and stuff like that with, with the fans. I hear nothing but like amazing stuff. And you know that's that's amazing. That's amazing. As you as you alluded to earlier, you know some of the wrestlers aren't great with the fans, are they? You know, yeah. But it's yeah. Well, man, like look, you know, like I said, like you know, without the fans, like you know, there isn't a wrestling business at all. So you know, um, and you know, I'd I'd hate for anybody to meet me and think, oh, well, he was a dick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, you know, like it's you know, I yeah, I've purposely not met some of my heroes because like i've heard potentially bad things and i'm like ah i don't want to like you know meet somebody and then like find out they're an arsehole or whatever do you know what i mean like that can you don't realize like how much that can like crush somebody inside and put them off do you know what i mean like you know everybody's going through something everybody's fighting uh and in a battle or an inner struggle that you aren't aware of and the least you can do is just be a nice person is just be a good person do you know what i mean like if there, i was having this conversation with vic the other day i was like she was asking me why it is I, you know, say do certain nice things for people. Do you know what I mean? Like if I see somebody like, you know, trying to take something, you know, I, 
was at services the other day and I saw a girl like struggling, taking a trolley for a door. So I just ran over, held the door open for her. I was like, let me get that for you. She goes through, you know what I mean? Like, and she's like, you know, why is it that you do all these things? I was like, look, if everybody on this planet just did one nice selfless act for somebody else on a day-to-day basis, how much of a difference would that make to everybody else? Do you know what I mean? Like if everybody just did one good thing for somebody else without expecting anything back, do you know what I mean? Like the world would be such a better place. And um, it just feels like, you know, if you're not purposely trying to make something better, then, you know, you're unintentionally making it worse. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, just just get out there and just, you know, be a good person. Like, it's really not that hard to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not hard to help somebody out when they need help or just to be, you know, just to, you know, say hello or, like, good morning or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you're on a walk or whatever. Like, you know, too often people kind of keep their heads down and keep themselves to themselves. And, you know, I've been that person before as well. And, you know, I, it doesn't give me any sense of gratification thinking like, you know, well, if I've been, a, you know, if somebody's caught me on a wrong day or whatever, and I've put a complaint into, you know, somebody got my coffee order wrong or something like that doesn't give you the right to be a dick to them. Do you know what I mean? Just, you know, you know, be nice, you know, if I, like explain it. And you know what I mean? Like somebody will help you out. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to purposely go out there and be an arsehole. Like I remember when I was learning to drive, like one thing that my uh, driving instructor was said, like, just if you, if you let somebody go, they'll do something nice for somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it happens. We've got a T-junction at the end of our road, which is hard to get out of each morning. And, you know, like if if somebody lets you out, like you're more inclined to let somebody else go like a bit further down the, the road where there's a traffic light and somebody needs to turn. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if, you know, how often, how, how easy is it that if everybody's an asshole to you that you're like, well, I'm not letting you go because nobody was nice to me. Get used to it. Do you know what I mean? And then that just, it just puts negativity out there and just pushes it forward. I don't want to live in a world where like negativity is, you know, the, you know, like carries on as much as it does. Like, and unfortunately you can't change a lot, like a lot of things. But like I said, if everybody could just do one good selfless act for somebody else, like the world would be a much better place. Do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, just be, be conscious and be cautious of what, how you act and how your actions affect others. It's just little things. And it's just little things like that, Mark, isn't it? As you know, you're saying, um, I've, I've been guilty of it. Um, oh, I can't speak to that person, but I, I do say, you know, don't have your head down, you know, I've, hold, hold your head up. I was guilty of it. I was guilty of it for years, but as you say, it's just little, little thing, little life lessons, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. I'm becoming an old man now, dude. I'm, uh, I'm getting there. So this is, uh, yeah, this is some kind of like grandpa sounding stuff. Do you know what I mean? Hey, like, <laughs> I'm two years, I'm two years older than you, believe it or not. I, I, uh, <laughs> I've taken a, I've, I've had a very harsh paper round. Do you know what I mean? so, uh, <laughs> you've got, you've gone around the world with it though. And that's testament to you and, and the drive and determination. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of young guys now training. They're going to take so much away from this before we go, before we go one last thing, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know time's precious off the top of your head. Now fan perspective, when you were a kid, when you're watching it from nine years old and onwards, a favorite match. I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I get asked all the time and I have to keep it down to three. I could do 50 favorite matches at Mount Rushmore. I couldn't do a Mount Rushmore either. I know guys like to say that, but yeah, maybe a match or two that comes to mind. So I had, so a match or two, I would say, uh, one match that I loved was, uh, rock triple h backlash 2000 right because they take you on this emotional roller coaster throughout where i mean if you want to see 
um, wrestling psychology in its most perfect, like an almost seamlessly, you know, you know, like flawless way. It is this right? They build everything up to a point where, like, you know, at the point where you the the good guy is in the greatest piece of jeopardy you know the greatest state of jeopardy the you know things switch like that and you know watch the how the fans react just listen to the reactions from the moment that you hear glass shatter onwards like every reaction gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it's just the happiest go home sequence that i feel like i've ever witnessed right like it phenomenal like just incredible and and the great thing as well is like they, you know, everything's the match is relatively basic. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just every, you know, they speak in a language that everybody can understand. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's a just a great story told to perfection. Um, and another great match I feel as well is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, Hall- Halloween Havoc '97. Oh, um, yeah, I love watching that match. I, I think from it, it's a polar opposite to the to the Backlash match in yeah. the sense of like it's just it's just incredible action and i feel like it's action way ahead of its time do you know what i mean and it's um yeah those are those are definitely i feel like two matches at any time i feel like i want to remember what it is i love about wrestling there'll be the two matches that i'll put on and uh and i'll watch opposites at opposite ends of the spectrum there which great absolutely great mark where can the viewers and listeners find you in terms of the socials uh at this is haskins on pretty much everything and then uh www.thisishaskins.com for all your haskins merchandise needs perfect perfectly done there like that nice and concise nice and concise we got it all in my guest uk wrestling royalty in my mind i don't bestow that on everybody by the way no no i i mean it i mean you've been around for so long (laughs) and i'm not i'm not blowing smoke up your ass just because we're on together i would tell you this off camera as well you're really horrible to me before the interview started everyone knows He's putting on a face now. It's a facade. It's a facade, Mark. I'm telling you. Go out of work the game, mate. That's it. <laughs> Ring of Honor talent, Mark Haskins. I'm just so glad that you've signed on in the last three months as well. You've signed back on. Oh, we see more matches and uh, unbelievable. And uh, yeah, just it's, it gives us, you know, a lot of pride seeing you doing so well. Now, I know a lot of guys who've watched it for years. And uh, obviously, young, young Kyle that you did a shout out for pre-interview. He is... You're his favourite. You're his favourite wrestler. Uh, Absolutely. So it's got good taste. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. (laughs) Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care. The fantastic Mark Haskins there. As you've heard, he's had quite the career. He's wrestled all over the world. I could have had him on for three or four hours. I'm sure somewhere down the road, we could maybe get him on again for a second time because there's just so much more I wanted to ask. You've got to think of time constraints and stuff of that nature. But yeah, what hasn't Mark done? At the end of the day, I think what you take away from that is it's about caring about what you do. If you don't care about it, it's going to come across, isn't it? So yeah, I took away a lot from what Mark had to say about his career in there. And we will be back next week with another episode of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. A big thank you to Rich and John at Powered4TV for all their help. Thank you for allowing me to be in association with you guys. Lots on demand there. Also, a big thank you to Evade Escape for the music in the intro. And you're going to hear it in the outro as we go out. And also, a big thank you to Chris Dutton for editing, making everything look slick and amazing. And we will see you next week for episode 82 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast.
Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.